to be here. Thankful for the beautiful day that the Lord gave me, gave us. Uh, Oli posted uh, some pictures of the sun from out of an aircraft and it's bright and beautiful. And I was looking out my own window to the south and here comes the sun up through the trees. <laughs> Big gold, uh, orange orb poking out through there and uh, the wind was blowing in the trees and the frost was all in the air. It was just gorgeous. I love my God so much, he shows me some things like that just to help this old soul along through a day. He's a wonderful God and Savior, and uh, we're here to talk about him a little bit tonight. Turn to Isaiah chapter 45, verse 22. The, the impetus for this study came actually from Pastor Humphrey, his, his study guide. I picked out a, a, a verse to study in Isaiah 46. And as want would be, I had some notes in uh, chapter 45 already, and I got looking at them, and I decided, well, this verse 22 is the verse that I want to work on. And so <clears throat> I'm going to read this verse, and then we're going to go in and we're going to practice some of the, some of the Bible study methods that Pastor has been uh, teaching us. I'm going to permit a verse, we're going to look at it, we're going to do some... Uh, uh, some pulverizing. We're going to see what's there, and uh, you're going to go. We're going to work, kind of work through this together. The Bible says in Isaiah 45, verse 22, "Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else." If I had to choose my favorite book in the Old Testament, it's a toss-up between Genesis, Psalms, and Isaiah. God used uh, the prophet Isaiah to pen chapter 53, which is certainly one of the most beautiful chapters in the Bible. Speaking of God as our Messiah, suffering servant, Lamb of God, that came to take away the sin of the world. But in this, uh, also in Isaiah, I've noted before that there's a, a large number of references to God as our Creator. And you know, I've been teaching, I've taught creation versus evolution several times in the Bible Institute. Blessed by it every time in that study. And what we're going to do, we're going to go back here. The first thing that when you do in the perimeter is you see what's going on around, right? So just uh, turn your page, if you're on the, the first verse, we'll just look at that and we'll see that this was written uh, two or four Cyrus, about Cyrus, who was the king of the Medo-Persian Empire at that time. He, would, uh, he, would, he was a world conqueror, and God would use him at one time to, to help Israel as they, as they um, uh, came out of captivity. Now in this, uh, what I want you to do is we're going to look at, I want you to be working, listening to spot three things. Number one, how God speaks to himself as the one God, how he speaks as to himself as being the creator God, and how he speaks here about him being our redeemer, our savior God. Now, I'm gonna go through, be bouncing through here. I'm gonna, I'll call out the verses and we'll look at them and we'll go along through here and see how much that we can get. First in verse five, the Bible says, I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God beside me. Verse six, 
that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. Verse 7. I form the light and I create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I do, I the Lord do all these things. And when it talks about evil, he's not talking about moral evil. He's talking about that through as the creation groaneth. What, uh, what God has allowed through the natural disasters, storms, earthquakes, and so on, plagues and pestilence and all so on. It's all a, it's all a part of man's fall. <clears throat> he created the things that it, that it came to be, but he doesn't create sin or anything like that. Then in the end of verse 8 it says, I the Lord have created it. Verse 9 says, Want him that striveth with his maker. <clears throat> Verse 11, thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his maker. You know, when I was a kid, I remember several times watching old cowboy shows, you know, and, and the old bad guy, he'd be out there, you know, and says, you get ready, buddy, you're going to, I'm going to send you to your maker. And I thought, man, you know, what's this all about, you know? Well, you know, he was speaking some Bible, because one of them two guys ended up going to his maker when they died. When the soul and spirit leaves this body, it's going somewhere. It's going back to your creator God. <laughs> and so it's interesting that Hollywood even would use that term. You don't see it anymore. I bet you never will either. But unless it's inadvertently. Okay, let's go skip down to verse 15. Are you thinking about this? The one God, creator God, savior God. Verily thou art a God that hidest thyself, O God is Israel, the savior. Uh, verse uh, 17, but Israel shall be saved in the Lord with an everlasting salvation. Verse 18, for thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He hath established it. He created it not in vain. He formed in it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there's none else. Hmm. Verse 19, he said, uh, he said, I, oh, this, is a, this, is, this is a little different verse. He said, uh, I, I said not to the seed of Jacob, seek ye me in vain. I, the Lord, speaketh righteousness. I declare things that are right. And I put that in there because, you know, God is the author of Scripture. Everything that God does is perfect and right. Everything that he wrote is perfect and right as he is himself. At the end of verse 21, it says, Who hath told it from that time? Have not the Lord, have not I the Lord? And there is no God beside me, a just God and a Savior, and there is none beside me. 22, look unto me and be saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. That's our benchmark verse. Verse 23, I have sworn by myself, the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return that unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. And I put that verse in there because I think that's really the benchmark verse of that whole chapter. What God is talking about here, well, why do you suppose God posed all those three subjects, bang, 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 one after the other like that in this short little chapter of Scripture? Well, you remember what was happening and, and had happened to Israel. They'd fallen into idol worship, hadn't they? And they needed to learn something. 
Pastor Humphrey was, part of what the reason I'm preaching this, this point tonight is Pastor Humphrey was talking about God's sovereignty. And it got me thinking in my own mind about how, how closely do I really understand about and recognize God in his sovereign state. That indeed he has the right to rule and reign in my life and every single life in this whole world. And it's, I find myself that there's, when I get into trouble, it's because I'm not looking at the throne. I'm looking too much here. I'm much, too much on the vertical plane rather than the, 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 the horizontal plane rather than the vertical plane. And so what God was shaking up Israel. Now, you remember when uh, it said that when Israel came out of captivity, they, they went through a lot and they weren't perfect people as a nation. Certainly weren't, but they never went to idols again. And there's some good lessons there for us that we need to learn, too, um, that he wants us to know him as the only God. He wants us to know him as our, creator, as our creator God, and he wants us to know him as our Savior God. That is what we're here for in this life and existence to do. The Bible says, fear God and keep his commandments. That's the whole duty of man. And you know, and what a, this is, when it says, look unto me, that certainly is a command. You know, the Bible is, you know, it, it, the Bible doesn't have very many uh, suggestions. You know, even when I was, I was thinking, well, consider thy ways. But that was not a suggestion, that was a command. And so when God puts something out before us, in, and it's, sometimes it's in a harsh manner, sometimes it's a stern manner, sometimes it's in a gentle manner. Sometimes it's how we receive it, too, and perceive it, that makes all the difference in, in what God is saying. And I particularly liked these verses for, for how that's... You know, I've always had a heart for God as my Savior. When I lost my wife, I came home, one night after work and the ring was on the table and the boys and wife were gone and the roof fell in on me and it was just darkness and darkness and darkness and darkness. But I had a, I had a, 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 I had a devotional from, from, uh, IC, from uh, ICR and uh, I got some books about God as our creator from Henry Morris. And I read Genesis and I began studying Genesis and as I became small and my God got greater than the light at the end of the tunnel started getting a little bit bigger. And as I sought God's help and his strength, he afforded it to me to carry me through life and on to this day. Because, you know, there, were, uh, there was a multiplicity of gods being worshipped in the world at that time. The effects of man's initial rebellion against God at the Tower of Babel had, had brought about all these different uh, splinter religions that all they all have a, you know, you ever wonder where all the human sacrifice stuff came from in some of the pagan peoples? Well, they knew, they knew from the, the true way that, that God said that he was going to become a sacrifice for sin one day. Well, they refused to recognize him, and so they, just, they would kill animals and, and even people to atone for sin. But, you know, even though Nimrod, Nimrod's work was thwarted, from that time on, other world leaders have come, you know, Nebuchadnezzar and the Caesars and, 
and on down through time. And Satan is working now today to bring about the one world religion and a one world government. That was the, that was the goal of Nimrod at Babel. One world government, <clears throat> one world religion. And that's where he's pushing for now. That's why the, go the gospel is getting watered down, it's being attacked. That's why so many churches are going south. That's why the, the call is for just get along, just get along, you know, and, and less good hard preaching and just cotton candy religion is what I call it. It looks good, but there's nothing to it. So, but we need to remember that God is on the throne. Uh, he's not surprised by any of this, but he wants us to be prepared for what's coming. And he wants us to, to you know, as we recognize his sovereign rule in our life that we would accede or surrender ourselves to it then we as individuals can be all that we can be for the Lord and that as Packer Baptist Church then can be all that we can be for the Lord in giving him the glory through our service. He has been working in the affairs of men from the Garden of Eden to establish his sovereignty his right to rule and conduct and demonstrate his power and authority to enforce them. In Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3, it says, that I'll make of thee a great nation, speaking of Israel, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee, and in, all, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And this is a recurring theme in the book of Deuteronomy, speaking of the, the children of Israel as, as, as a nation, as individuals. God said to them uh, in, Gen in Deuteronomy eleven twenty seven, he said, A blessing if you obey my commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, and a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. But turn aside out of the way which I commanded you this day to go after other gods which you have not known. Now, in our time, we don't have so much. I'm sure there are some, some of the things that the, the, uh, the icons and so on that some of the, the uh, religions practice and bow down to is idol worship. But mainly in America, the, the great God that's being worshipped is mammon, riches, comfort, health, wealth, ease. Uh, and and it's, it's a... It's the thing about that I've, that I've observed in my own life is that, you know, God wants us, he wants us in that, in that perfect center of his will. You know, the, the way of salvation is narrow, but the way of, the way of service and, and, and our walk in life is pretty narrow. God can move us wherever he would through the world, but he wants us to stay in the center of his, his perfect will. Anytime we step outside of God's perfect will for us, we step, get into the area of his permissive will, and then anything goes. We can be right and we can be wrong. But the problem is, is the closer we get to the world, <laughs> and it starts to rub off. You know what I mean? You know, the, 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 worst, the worst fall into sin that you and I could ever imagine doesn't happen overnight, but usually through gradual steps as we give up our eyes, our heart, and our mind to certain things that should not be in our life. And so God wants us to know him, to keep, to keep our eye on him, on his throne, to remember who he is, remember who we are. And 
then too to uh, remember this that the commandments that he has set for us today about obeying him, the blessing, if, he, if I bless, if you obey me, I will bless you. The if-then statements of, Gen of Deuteronomy. If you will obey me, then I will bless you. If you do not obey me, then I'm going to curse you. So that's for, that's for Christians, that's for believers. And so to, re to really receive the blessings of God, to know his favor, that's one of Thomas Smith said, one of, the one of the definitions you could use for blessed or blessing is to know the favor of God. And who would not want that in their life? To have God looking over their shoulder and keeping the storms and the, and the, the doubts and fears away. Well, God lets us sometimes reap for what we sow, certainly, but he wants us to remember for who he is, that he, then he can bless us. And this is a theme that comes all through the Bible. I found a nice verse in Hosea 13, 14. You don't hear Hosea referenced very much, but there's a very, very powerful and strong verse here in, the, in the chapter 13, verse 4. He says, Yet I am the Lord, that's Jehovah God, thy God, from the land of Egypt, and thou shalt know no God but me, for there is no Savior beside me. Some people used to, and even some of my Protestant upbringing, it was like, you know, that people got saved different or they had a different relationship with God. I've even heard it preached in some stuff, in some of the generic teaching and some of the books that I've read. No, salvation has ever been by grace through faith. That there is only one God, there's only one Redeemer and one Creator. And that is the God of heaven and earth and all it is. In Isaiah 40, 44, verse 24, it says, Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, he that formed thee from the womb, I am the Lord that maketh all things, and there is our Creator, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth out the earth by myself. And then one verse, one more verse talking about God as, as our Creator. Isaiah 40, verses 21 and 22, says, Have ye not known, have ye not heard? Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have ye not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. The inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretcheth out the heavens like a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. Years ago when I was teaching that last creations class, Brother Noah George was, was in my class. You know, that guy knew more science, more, forgot more science than I ever knew. But we had, a, we had a little discussion one time. We were talking about how that the Bible says that he stretched out the heavens and he spreadeth them as a tent to dwell in. That last phrase is talking about how he made the atmospheric heaven that we could dwell in it, have, <coughs> have the protection from the you know, air to breathe and so on. But it, when it, the tent to dwell in, he stretches out the heavens as earth. We were talking about that, and you know, it, it's... Uh, we're, we made mention that we've read about some physicists that actually believe that there is a fabric in space. That it's like, like it says in Colossians that, that, that God is the creator of all things and by him all things consist. You can't see it, but there, you can't see gravity or any of these other forces, but it says that he stretched it out like a curtain. Like that term there is like a, like a veil, something very, very fine. Well, who really knows? 
But we know that God did it and he performed some of these things in ways that we'll never know and really understand. And it might, it might, I think we, I don't remember if we discussed this at this time or not. We talked, I ran across some, uh, lately, some more information about what's called string theory. Now this is a little bit of a rabbit trail, but very interesting. Sometimes the evolutionary people, they slip up and they do something right. String theory, there's a lot to it, but basically what's behind it is, is that they believe that, that, you know, when you get down past the atoms, the, the protons, neutrons, electrons, the mesons, the basons, and, and subatomic matter, what are they made of? What are they made of? That's what they're trying to figure out. And that's what string theory is. They, they believe that when you get right down to the basics, that there are just little strings that vibrate. And that has the power you know, through the, the to, to form in these other uh, elements and so on, the, and the protons, neutrons, electrons to, to operate stuff. You say, well, well, what's that? Say, that's, that's foolishness, huh? Well, if you read in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, the Bible says, it's talking about the day of creation, it says that the Holy Spirit moved across the face of the waters. That term moved is the word maveth. It means to move or to flutter, to vibrate. And so it's quite possible that what God did on that first day when he had this, all the matter, all the, wasn't even matter yet, he made these, these little strings that were his power. And from them, he made the protons, neutrons, and electrons, and he used them to form the solids, the liquids, and the gases that he used in elemental creation, and that from that came plant life, human, uh, animal life, and, and uh, human life. Very, very interesting. I want to go what the Bible says. The Holy Spirit was moving across the waters and he was doing something. He wasn't there fooling around because we know what happened on those succeeding days. He brought in to the, the elemental things of this world. So whether you accept that or not, I do. There's nobody, I don't have any other explanation for what the Holy Spirit was doing except he created out of nothing everything that we know. So, again, the, I believe the, the more we can get to know about God as, our, as our, the one God, as our creator God, and as our savior God, the better we can be equipped to, to serve him in this life and in the next. And the last verse we're going to look at, the last point we're going to look at is, Look unto me, and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. Uh, this recurring theme the Lord is our Savior is found all throughout Scripture. You know there from the, from the verses that we just looked at that there were many, many references just in that chapter about God as, as, our, as, a, as His creator. God's desire has ever been that not just the Jews be saved, but that all peoples of the world would be saved. And that's why He put the nation of Israel where He did at the crossroads of the then known world, the <laughs> the, the, the countries from the north, uh, from the north and the south and the east all had to, when they came through with their trade routes and so on, they all had to go through along that little strip of land along the Mediterranean Sea to get to their goals. And they had to go through Israel. And many of them, many thousands and, and millions over time heard about the God of the Bible. 
Uh, there's also the seaports and so on. People came from, from uh, all around the Med and they had contact with the Jewish people and some that were faithful uh, followers of the true God and shared their faith. Where do you suppose those wise, what did you, how do you remember the wise men came from Ur of the Chaldees? They came from the east. How did they know about to come to worship God and, and worship that there would be a baby born that would be the savior of the world? Well, somebody had told them, somebody had written it down, and they'd carried it to them, and they not only just, they, they believed enough that they came to worship. These people had been saved for the teachings and writings of who knows, people that had visited Israel down through time. And <clears throat> certainly the, the, Israel was the prime candidates for the, the truth that, you know, that God told them to move all the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, Jebusites and so on. He says, get them out of the country when you move in. Well, they didn't do that. They'd go in, they'd take their land, and they'd say, we're all nice and comfortable now. <laughs> and so that some of those idol worshipers hang around. And what ended up having, they ended up intermixing and rubbing shoulders. And the next thing you know, in, in uh, over passage of time, they were almost completely given. The northern kingdom was given to the, uh, the worship of idols. But God ever had a heart for those people, all the world's people. Psalm 22, verse 7 says, All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nations shall work before thee. Psalm 89, verse 86, verse 9 says, All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. And we know certainly from 2 Peter 3, 9, that God is willing that none should perish, but that all would come to him in repentance. And you see, that's the job that we have today. Uh, the Jews were, in, in their time, they were the visible, vocal, voluntary witnesses for Jehovah God. In this time, <clears throat> in the, the New Testament church has taken over that role of being the visible and vocal and the voluntary witnesses for, God, for the only God of heaven and earth and all that is, the creator God and the savior of the world's people. We've had so much teaching on the Great Commission. Every chapter in the, in the Gospels, and, uh, and, and especially in Acts 1-8, it says then that it goes to all peoples, and that, that, we, that we should seek people to the uttermost parts of the earth. And that's being accomplished. We can do our share here in our Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, but it, it takes somebody else to go to the uttermost parts of the earth, and that's why we should be thankful for these, these um, families, these men and their families that have gone to far-flung places uh, to share the gospel. You know, they're from places like Berlin, Germany, you know, to, uh, uh, to the South African plains, Get the, and the, the jungles of New Guinea, the gospel is going out in all those places. The Bible says it's going to reach every people, nation, and tongue. And it's happening right now. The literacy rates in, in many countries is, is rising rapidly. I remember when, uh, when uh, years ago, uh, there were the three Humphreys, uh, uh, Toby and Becca and Krista, went down and were visiting Brother Hammett, and they, they talked about how that you could go and hand out tracts 
This is when he was in, in, in Francistown. I'm pretty sure it was Francistown, Botswana. And people would stop and they would, and they would read it because they were hungry for, for something new. They were, they were anxious to learn the language or hear it and to learn something about God. Well, you know, there's a New Testament church right now in Francistown's Botswana as a, as a result of those first, those efforts to get the gospel out there. You know, today there's, you know, in my time, I, I don't remember, I just remember we had Gary Norberg was down there and his wife, and he was working in, in South Africa and the Sotho for decades, decades and decades and decades, taking the gospel to the people, going into the villages. It's to talk about places where he would go into a village and you could see the smoke of a hundred villages out across the plains. Well, you can't get them all, reach them all at once, but he did some one by one. And today, you know, Brother Hammett, using the social media tools, a lot of the people, you know, they, they, they probably may not even have shoes on their feet, but they got a cell phone. They got a smartphone, and they can, and they can get emailed lessons and so on, and they're, and they're doing the, learning about God through the social media. Well, praise God for that. You see, that's, we're, that's our part in this, in giving to missions, Hopefully someday we'll see more men called to preach from this, uh, from this assembly. I would pray that it be so. I'd love to see the Bible Institute get cranked up again. I'm old, but I can maybe teach a little bit of something yet. I'd love to see some men called and go to, a, to, to the villages in uh, Alaska. Pick one out and drop you off. Have at it. Well, follow the Lord's lead. So God says, look and live, O sinner, live. Look to Jesus now and live, as the, as the, uh, the hymn talked about. Spiritual grace through faith, that God will forgive the repentant sinner. And remember, if you haven't been born into God's family, that there is no other God. Don't go looking for something else to worship or put your faith and trust in. That he is the creator God, and he has the right to rule and reign in your life. As strong as your will is, God is, God's is stronger. And you can fight against God your whole life, and I guarantee you, you will not win. Without the forgiveness of sin, when you step out into eternity, it's going to be the blackness and the fires of hell. Because he is the only savior. You can't manufacture your own way of righteousness. Righteousness only again comes through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So don't go out looking for something else to save you because it's not there. There's lots of counterfeit gospels. Just like there's counterfeit money in the end, it's not worth anything. We've talked about <clears throat> in a message a while ago, I guess it was in the jail, about Satan has he has his snares out, and he has his traps, and he knows how to hold people in positions of unbelief, that when they walk out of this world, they die and go to hell. That's, you see, God is willing that none should perish. Satan is willing that all, all of you lost people would perish and go to hell, thereby robbing God of some glory. Bottom line, consider your end. Bible says, look and live, and God will reach out to you, and he will grant you the gift of salvation.
Make that choice even now. Let's pray. Wonderful Lord, I thank you for blessing me as you have. I thank you for helping this old soul to, to have the comforts in life that you have brought to me. I thank you for the, the, uh, the sure knowledge of my uh, salvation, even as I, I contemplate what it's going to be like to, to cross into eternity. There's, uh, there's no fear. Lord, I look forward to it in a sense, but while I'm here, uh, I pray that you'd give me the hope to keep on going in this life, to pursue, the, to keep heading towards that finish line. Lord, that whatever you have in this life, that we know that you'd help us through it. And I just pray that the, the Word of God would find lodgment with the lost. It's, Lord, uh, the lost person, it's not a game. God's will for you and for every lost soul is the same. Remember who you are, who he is. He's not some old man sitting around in the corner twiddling his thumbs. He created everything in this existence. Examine the things of nature and you'll see you'll be looking into the works of God and his power and his strength and his design. We love you, Lord. I pray you'd bless the time now and to follow. In Jesus' name I pray.